Welcome to uh, Bible Quest, the Wednesday edition. We're thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, I am Joe Works in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Joining us uh, is Chase Byers, I think, in just a moment. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Good, good. Glad to see you, Chase. Good to see you. And uh, Chase, you are in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? That is correct. And you're in Fairlawn, New Jersey, correct? Right, right. And uh, normally, uh, Jeff Smelser is with us today, but he is traveling. And uh, so uh, we will probably spend some time talking about him behind his back, or at least while he's at the wheel. Uh, So our topic for today is looking for a wife. And just to be really clear, Chase, nor myself, nor Jeff are looking for a wife. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to set that, uh, you know, really clear at the beginning. But Chase and I know a lot of uh, single men and uh, we wanted to spend a little bit of time in the scriptures talking about what a Christian ought to do in searching for a wife, searching for a woman. Um, and for anybody else that's joining us, feel free to uh, send comments, send questions. We would very much like to have your participation, uh, whether that's based on particularly the scriptures. Obviously, that would be the first choice but also from personal experience. Uh, Don't need too many uh, confidential details, but uh, if your experience, especially if you're an older individual and you have some things you'd like to share with us in that regard, be happy to hear from you there also. Yeah, it's such an important topic too. I think we oftentimes spend a lot of time talking about what to do once we're in a relationship and how to nurture it into eventually getting married. But I don't think we always spend a lot of time talking about who to look for and how to go about courting or dating someone and finding that right person. So I'm excited about the study today. Well, good. Uh, And, you know, uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, God took great care of me in providing a godly woman uh, with with my wife. And uh, I'm thankful for that. But not everybody can be uh, as fortunate, perhaps, and just need to be extra cautious in the, in those regards. Um, so thinking about where you would go in the scriptures um, to, uh, to consider looking for a, a spouse. And in particular this afternoon, I want us to focus on, um, and somebody said, I'm going to be called a, a sexist for this, but I'd like to focus on young single men who are looking for a wife looking to get married what should they be looking for? And perhaps, uh, Lord willing, in a future study, we can talk about young single or, or older sing- single ladies looking for a husband. But trying to uh, make those distinctions, at least today, uh, what we're primarily talking about are uh, men looking for a, a spouse. So wanting to, to talk about that song, I'm going to try to share a screen if I can figure out how to do that. Um, I am uh, not the tech savviest, so we'll see if I can get this accomplished. You uh, see that, I guess. Uh, Is that showing up, Chase? Yep, that's it. Just hit your PowerPoint button. Okay, thank you. Good. So these are some slides that I put together a while back, and I thought maybe we would uh, just use those as sort of an outline for what we're going to talk about. 
like to, to begin really looking in Proverbs, the 31st chapter. Proverbs 31, for many of the people that are joining us uh, on either Facebook or uh, Zoom, uh, I suspect many people are familiar with Proverbs 31. But let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles there and take a look at this passage and see if there are some things, maybe uh, maybe there's some things that we haven't noticed before that we can consider together. Uh, and uh, also, again, if you're a single man or if you know somebody who's single, you can point them in the direction of some things that they ought to consider here in Proverbs 31. One of the interesting things, I think, about Proverbs 31, that at least this is my point of view, beginning in the text here in Proverbs 31 and in verse 1, these are the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. So uh, Mama Lemuel uh, sat down with her son and said, here are some things that I want you to know. And part of what she wanted him to know is this just extremely valuable text in verses 10 through 31. So this is information from a, a mother to her son. And sure, keep in mind that he's a king. That's great. Um, but this is a text that's written to men. It's not written to women. Now, you know, clearly women are benefited, greatly benefited by studying this passage. In fact, I think in most women's studies that I've heard of in congregations around the country, uh, you know, just a lot of women's studies spent they spend their time on this. There's a lot of books written to women about Proverbs 31, being the Proverbs 31 kind of uh, woman or, or wife. But it just struck me a while back that the text really is being written to men, not to women. Now, again, I think women are benefited by it. But men really ought to be studying this. This ought to be a part of men's Bible classes, uh, you know, special men's studies. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife? Well, that's what a man ought to be looking for. Um, and uh, so men, study Proverbs 31. Uh, think about if you want to have a virtuous wife. And I don't know, Chase, what translation are you using? I'm using the New American Standard Bible, but I have the ESV right next to me as well. So what do you have in verse 10? Uh, my, the New King James says virtuous. Verse 10, it says, an excellent wife, who can okay. find? All right. So some translation, that maybe it says that the old King James, it says a worthy wife, maybe something like that. Um, uh, different translations. The, the ideas are, are all the same. Um, but maybe one of the things to consider from this is the standard that is put forth in this text is not something that is unattainable. Uh, you're not looking for, young men, you're not looking for a needle in a haystack. There's not just, you know, the, there are virtuous women out there. Let me put it that way. There are virtuous women out there. Uh, sometimes people say, well, this just isn't possible to, to, uh, to, to be. Um, uh, but he's saying this is the kind of woman that you ought to be uh, looking for. Uh, so clearly, that is something that is uh, attainable there. Um, and in fact, if you look down at verse uh, 10, uh, it says, many daughters have done well. Again, that's the New King James. That word well there is the exact same Hebrew word as verse 10, virtuous. So what he's, what he's saying is many daughters have done virtuously. 
there are many virtuous women. Um, uh, I suspect that there, if there are some wise men, wise husbands that are listening in this afternoon, you're going to raise your hand, especially if your wife is nearby and say, yeah, I got one of those. I, I, I pray that you can say that. Uh, um, there are many good women out there. And he's saying there's even some that, that are the cream of that crop that, that he goes on in the verse and says, but you excel them all. So there are excellent, uh, there are worthy women out there. You have yeah. That? yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to add to that. I mean, the entire part of Proverbs is from a father to a son perspective. And so when you get to these last two chapters, it's actually not written by Samuel, like you've pointed out. This last one's written from a mother to a son. So I think it's kind of cool that the focus is in that. Um, And I would certainly encourage any of the parents who are listening. I'd imagine it might be parents listening right now. If kids are at home or at school, um, get your young men to, to understand how serious this is. Uh, And if you're, if you're a family and I hope you are that studies with your children, what a better, section of text to study with your teenage sons uh, than Proverbs 31. Uh, Amen. Amen. So here's an interesting thing about this. Sometimes women study Proverbs 31 and they think, wow, you know, this is superwoman. Nobody can do all of this. When does she ever sleep? You know, she's, she's doing all kinds of things. Uh, You know, that's just not possible and so forth. Again, we are looking at a realistic scenario in Proverbs 31. This is, looking at the at her life uh, as, as a whole and all that she's uh, been doing. But one of the interesting things that I uh, found uh, not too long ago, somebody pointed this out to me, is it, it in some Hebrew Bibles, the book of Proverbs, so Proverbs 31 is the last chapter, the next book in some Hebrew Bibles is the book of Ruth. Uh, it doesn't always follow the same order that we have in uh, our English Bibles uh, or Old Testament, New Testament Bibles. Uh, so a Jewish Bible may very well have Proverbs 31, and then the very next page that you're going to turn to is the story of Ruth, which is really interesting when you think about the things that are listed in Proverbs 31, how many of them are describing Ruth. Ruth is an example of Proverbs 31. In fact, in Ruth 3 and in verse 11, Boaz says, And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. The same Hebrew word that's used there um, of, a, a, of a virtuous woman in Proverbs 31.10 and in Proverbs 31.29 Ruth is called a virtuous woman. When you read through Proverbs 31, it really does seem like some of the things that are being described uh, are, you kind of have Ruth in mind for that. Um, So that's kind of a powerful connection to make. We have an example of a virtuous woman in the scriptures connected with this passage. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of Facebook comments coming in. I was having a hard time seeing them, so I had to get Drew to send them in to us. Uh, he's doing that now. Uh, but one thing Jeff brings up, although he's um, not with us, he did ask uh, ask us to bring something up. Um, but the first one I have is from Keen Taylor. Uh, she says, I, I think sometimes Christians 
who are of marrying age don't want to appear desperate in a way and don't put themselves in situations enough where they could meet someone or ask others to pray for them to meet a spouse. Um, and I think that's exactly right. Uh, we don't have a, a lot of people who are putting a lot of thought into these decisions. That's, that's an excellent, excellent point. Um, uh, you know, there, there ought to be, if, if you are approaching this age, then you very much ought to be praying fervently that uh, God provide for you a virtuous wife, um, uh, and part of that is going to be being the right kind of person. We can talk about that as, as time permits. Um, uh, but in thinking about the kind of woman that you're going to find, you're not going to find this woman, generally speaking, by accident. Um, uh, you know, she's not going to just stumble into your life, likely. Um, uh, you're going to have to be in the right places to, to find a virtuous woman. In fact, one of the things uh, that it talks about in the book of Ruth um, uh, is you also have Boaz being described as a virtuous man. In Ruth 2 and in verse 1, it says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. The word for wealth there is the word virtuous. And so when we often read that, and depending on your translation, you think, oh, it's saying that he's a rich man. But really, what it's saying is that he's a virtuous man. And I think that the text even goes on and emphasizes his virtue more than his wealth uh, in Ruth, uh, the second chapter. So if you're looking for a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman, the first thing you need to do is be a virtuous person. And that goes along with, uh, with that comment. You need to be praying. You need to be seeking godly counsel. Uh, you need to be looking in spiritual places for a spiritual purpose. A person. Yeah. Um, Jeff Smelser's comment and question came through. What contrast do you see between what men are looking for in a wife today and what we see in Proverbs 31? Uh, and that's, that's definitely something we could probably spend the whole webcast talking about. Uh, yeah. But well, I don't know. What, what kind of things do you see from the world today from that idea? Well, you know, a lot of what we find young men looking for um, is a mom, you know, somebody to take care of them, uh, somebody that's going to clean up after them, somebody that's going to cook for them, uh, somebody that's going to provide for them. A lot of times today, unfortunately, we find men who are just big babies and uh, they have not matured to the point where they're really looking to be ahead of a house. They're just looking for a, a, a younger female to, to provide for their needs. Um, uh, and that's just not what we ought to be about. Yeah. Uh, they're self-seeking individuals who are just wanting to find somebody who can continue to feed their pride and maybe even give them a way that they can keep doing nothing. Um, or even I think about in today's digital age with the dangers of pornography um, and the different atmospheres cultivated, especially in, in schools, uh, it's just someone who's pretty. Um, that, that, that might be the only thing they're really looking for is looking at outward appearance, um, and not inwardly. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest dangers right now. Uh, definitely. Um, and, uh, it, Proverbs 31 deals with that, right? Look at verse 30. Uh, Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Yeah. Uh, and, and also just the verse prior to that verse 29, when her husband he, he praises her and he says, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. 
would you, would it appear that he's bragging on her for her outward appearance or what is he praising her for? But for all these attributes, these wonderful attributes that she has, he sees the true beauty in his wife. Uh, and that's what we need to see in ours as well. Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, if, if, if she is going to be the kind of person um, that is uh, attached or attracted to you because you see her as a pretty person, and, and if, if that's the quality that she has, she's pretty, and so you're chasing after her as, as, a, as a single man, and if that's the kind of guy that she is interested in, well, there's probably going to be somebody else a little bit more handsome than you come along as well. Uh, you know, that's just, that's such a, as he says here, that's such a vain thing. Uh, for one, looks change. Um, uh, my wife doesn't need to comment at this point, but, you know, I, I used to be, this is going to be hard for people to believe, I used to be more handsome than I am now. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, looks change. And so that ought not to be the, the standard, uh, and it certainly is not going to build a godly marriage uh, by the, the external appearance of a person. So there are some things in this text, and I've just kind of summed them up on this chart, uh, certainly not touching on all of them, but maybe just hitting on some points that will be helpful, and then uh, if others want to chime in, or if you're using this chart and you'd like to you know, add to it, Feel free to to do so in your own studies with other people. But here are some things that I would suggest that a young man, a single person, ought to be looking for uh, in a woman. In verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he'll have no lack of gain. She's a trustworthy person. Now, you know, the interesting thing about this text, it's it's almost complicated or, or difficult to explain this because he's writing this from the vantage point of she's a wife, but you're not, but if you're looking for this person, then you're not married to her yet. So how do you know if she's going to be a trustworthy wife? What would be some ways that you could, uh, you know, what would be some evidence that you could say, okay, I, I think I can be, I think I should be able to trust her when we get married based upon these things. Oh, that, that's a really good question, Joe. I think looking at her family um, and looking at her interactions with her close and loved ones um, and seeing just how they treat her. Do they, do they show trust in her? Trust goes both ways. Um, what type of people trust her? <laughs> I think yeah. it's the bigger question, too. I, that's a great thing. You know, if, if the parents are, feel like they have to be constantly spying on her and, you know, checking up on her, and, and I'm not talking about parents who care, but I'm saying if the parents don't trust her um, uh, or if, this, you know, if she's in school, if the, the school doesn't trust her or at work, if they don't trust her, if, if she's not a trustworthy person to society, the people that she's in contact with, then she's probably not going to be trustworthy in your eyes when you get married to her either. So you, you can tell a lot by the way that other people, particularly mature people are, are dealing with her. Um, you know, w- would they put things in, uh, in her care? Um, is she a trustworthy person to them? And then along with that in verse 13, and actually there's several verses that points this out, but thir- verse 13 is just sort of a, a springboard for this idea. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. 
Um, you know, if you're looking for a, a wife and you're looking around the congregation or you're looking around the, the area, uh, churches, and, uh, you know, trying to find a, a woman, well, one of the things you ought to be considering is what is her work ethic? Is she the kind of person who just would rather sit and watch work? Or is she the kind that's going to, to jump up out of the chair and, and pitch in in different scenarios? Yeah. And uh, kind of touching on that, we just got a comment that came in, uh, and it says, notice what's important to her. Uh, if, you know, jumping in and helping out in any situation is important to her, that's, that's a huge deal. That's the Proverbs 31 lady. But if sitting back and getting herself served rather than being a servant um, is important to her, that's going to be pretty evident. So yeah, absolutely. Know where her priorities are and just observe that. One of the things that I emphasize to young men is uh, when they are in a dating or courtship uh, arrangement is to, to spend time at the young lady's house with her parents, watch how she interacts. If she's going to spend her time, you know, uh, dinner is being prepared and put on the table and she's sitting on the, the couch with you talking or she's looking at her phone the whole time and she's not getting up to, to help mom. She's not getting up, uh, you know, to help set the table and so forth. Then how willing is she to, to work? Um, and if I can on this point, Joe, because I, I think this was a temptation for me early on and it might be for other young men to get jealous and to maybe be frustrated that she's not paying attention to you, but she's going to help her mom or dad in that situation. Uh, that's not a bad thing, but as you're pointing out, that's a wonderful thing. That's an ideal thing. Um, and it's, it wouldn't be right of us to be selfish about that. Yeah, certainly. And, and listen, if there's ever a temptation to be jealous, get up and go help with her. <laughs> Amen. Put Amen. Spend time with her, set the table with her, yeah. uh, help her clean up. Yeah, exactly. Do dishes with her afterwards, whatever the case, you know. Um, uh, but you, you can see that idea. Is she willing to work? Um, and, and tying verse 11 and verse 13 together, um, you know, would her parents have her babysit her younger siblings? And, and would she do a diligent job at that? Um, you know, is she going to, to be mindful of, of taking care of responsibilities? And, and I just think that that idea of willingly is such an important, important aspect. Um, it's not just when she's told to, but is she seeing things that need to be done and is she moving uh, to, to accomplish those? Yeah. So if I can just read the New American Standard on this verse, she looks yeah. for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. Um, obviously very similar idea, but I, I also see her doing it happily. It's right. more than just being willing. It's, it's a delight to her to be able to help someone out and to be able to work with her hands. Uh, and the opposite of that is somebody who's just folding their hands and, well, if I have to, you know, if they're telling me to, and that's a red flag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you, you need to have somebody who's willing to work. Obviously the guy needs to be willing to work too. Maybe we'll talk about that in one of the future lessons. Um, but we're talking about what kind of a woman you're, you're looking for. There's, there's, there's three girls sitting over there and, uh, you know, one of them's, you know, really, really pretty and she knows it and she's not going to get her nails uh, dirty or chipped. And, uh, you know, the, you know, you got another one, uh, regardless of what she looks like, but she's going to pitch in and, and she's going to do some, some things. The, the choice be 
becomes more and more obvious by the, the actions of that individual. Yeah. So another thing down in verse 20, says that she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Um, uh, just such an important aspect. The, the young lady needs to be unselfish. Um, and if it's, the, and I keep saying young, I just, that's most of the scenarios when people are looking for a, a spouse, but maybe it's an older person who's, who's looking to, to get married for the first time, whatever. Um, but looking to see, is this person, is this, is this lady, um, is she willing to, to be benevolent? Um, does she care about people who are less fortunate than, than she is? The worthy woman is going to do that. Um, she's not going to find justifications or excuses. Um, and, and again, you see the action there. She's extending her hand. She's reaching out. It's not that somebody's taking it from her and so okay well I'll do it I'll you know like she feels obligated she's reaching she's extending to help other people she may be in a position as a young person that maybe she doesn't have a lot of money but is she willing to help with her time with her energy um, you know maybe there's a, a, a poor person around who needs some some free babysitting so that they can go to work or whatever the case or, or so a couple can go out on date night, um, I think is another reason. I, I've seen young, young women babysitting. And I think that's a very noble reason to, to do something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, looking for, for reasons. You can see how these things, it, the, these items, they're almost like a series of beatitudes. You, can't, you end up not being able to separate them. She's willing to work and she's caring about other people. She's trustworthy. You see, it's beginning to... Uh, this is the, the, the makeup, uh, the deep down of, uh, of this lady, uh, this, uh, woman who's desiring to be like the Lord. And then in verse 23, and again, this is sort of ties to some of the other things we talked about this virtuous woman. Well, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land, um, Okay, so she's not married yet. You're looking for her. Is she going to be like this? Well, what do people say about her parents? What do, what do people say about those that, that she has uh, influenced? And, um, you know, if, if her husband is going to be known in the gates, uh, then it, it, it may very well be that, that her dad is, uh, that sort of uh, idea as well. Um, you have the story of, uh, of Ruth again in Ruth, the fourth chapter. You have the discussion going on at the gates there. Um, and a, a virtuous man is, is known by the actions that he takes and by the actions of the, of the woman that he's with as well. Certainly in my case, being married for 30 years, um, it has become extremely evident to me that my reputation, thankfully, <laughs> has been greatly influenced by my wife's uh, uh, reputation and by my wife's work. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it's a great comfort to know that people see what is going on in the family. And a lot of times the dad, he sort of gets the, the praise for that if things are going well. He may get the blame for it if it's not, and that's probably where it ought to be laid. Um, uh, but so much of the work that Beth does 
uh, I can't tell you how many times somebody will send a thank you card and they'll send it to Joe and Beth. And then Joe will have to go back and say, Hey, we got this card. What did we do for these people? (laughs) Uh, Say, Oh, well, I made a meal for them or I did this or I, you know, and it's the things that she's doing that brings about honor to her family's name as well. Yeah. Uh, that's a really, really good point. Um, we, we got another comment that came in, uh, and I think it's a great one. Uh, how does she react um, if she and you already have plans to do something that's fun together, but something comes up with maybe the congregation you're a part of? It goes on to say maybe someone in the congregation needs help or, or some, something important, I think, is the idea spiritually or, or be it you need to help someone comes up. How does that person, how does that girl respond uh, to canceling plans for something that should take priority? Um, and I, I think that's a great point. Um, and I know Joe, um, this has probably happened to you. It's happened to me just in a year of marriage that something has come up where I need to go study with somebody or go help someone. And it's made our plans with Rebecca and I being canceled. And you know what, that that it's a letdown sometimes, but she understands that we have a priority to, to helping people spiritually. And in fact, she's joyous that I get to go help somebody in that way. Absolutely. Um, and I, I do think that's a really good thing to think about. Yes. Uh, how do they react in that situation? Because especially in the marriage relationship and when children come along, Lord willing, uh, a lot of plans are going to get changed. And uh, they, they have to keep that perspective of what's more important, um, not my uh, desires, but uh, what, what's the best thing to be accomplished there. Great observation. Yeah. Verse 26, um, how does she talk? What, what is her language? Um, uh, verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. What do your translations say there, Chase? Uh, uh, she opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Yeah. Uh, and so just think about... When you are considering, maybe I'm going to try to get to know this young lady better. Um, So what is it that she's talking about? Is she constantly complaining? Is she whining about things? Is she, you know, there was a country song uh, a while back. uh, What was the title of it now? But I want to talk about me. Um, You know, and it was the the guy was going out and uh, he was talking to this girl that he was, I guess he was dating her. And all she wanted to talk about was herself. And, uh, you know, if she is just so full of herself, that's going to be brought out in in her conversation. If if everything directed toward her or is it directed toward others? And when it's directed toward others, is it full of kindness? Is she charitable with people? Or is she constantly criticizing, fault-finding, negative about everybody? Or uh, you might meet someone who puts on a face and uh, might be nice and kind to that person to their face. But when she gets to be more comfortable with you, uh, when you all walk away, she immediately has some type of harsh thing to say about that individual. Um, So it could also be something that's masked. I I think that's important to think about. Um, Very much. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as well, you know, connected with at the beginning of that verse, uh, she has wisdom. Uh, you know, she's going to be thinking through 
the decisions that she's going to make, suggestions she's going to make, uh, ideas that she has as you all discuss the future and so forth. Um, it, it's going to be based upon God's will. She's going to be looking for wisdom. And, you know, maybe some of the young men who are watching this or listening to this might be thinking, well, how in the world am I going to figure all this out? Uh, but I think it goes back to something Joe brought up earlier when he said, when you're at her house, watching her interact with her family, you are going to be able to figure out just about every single one of these, especially this last one. Typically, we have uh, we, we will speak out or be harsh to the people we're most comfortable with. Um, that, of course, in her case, will probably be her family. Now, maybe after the first two or three times you go over to her house, maybe you haven't seen that. But after a while, you might start seeing her true colors. Um, how, when her siblings do something to her or when her parents tell her to do something, how does she react? How does she speak to them? Is it with yeah. harsh words or is it with kindness and wisdom? Um, that, that, that is perfect. It's, I think especially when what you talked about there uh, in regard to her siblings, it is so acceptable to speak rudely to and about siblings. Um, and if she's caught up in that, then you will probably find some of that same language directed toward you later on. Yeah. And on the other hand, if she, you see that she really loves and cares for her siblings, um, uh, then, then that's the, that's the character of her heart that's coming out there. Yeah. So men, you, you, you really need to be observant. Uh, you know, watch her in the, these, these scenarios, watch her when she's around ugly people. And I mean, ugly speaking people, is she going to join in with that? Uh, you know, when, when she faces the opportunities to be rude or unkind, uh, does she take advantage of that? Or does she resist? Yeah. Verse 28 goes along with that. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Um, you know, thinking about the way that her family discusses her. We, we just now talked about how, how is she talking about her siblings? How is she talking about mom and dad? Uh, but also, what do they have to say about her? Um, I think that that's a pretty good indication. Those are the people that know her the best. They, they've seen her, you know, early in the morning when she's uh, maybe not fully alert. Uh, they've seen her uh, in, in difficult times, um, uh, and uh, they've, they've, they've been with her. And do, do they see her as a, uh, as a godly person? Do they appreciate her? Do they praise her? Yeah. So, yeah I, I was going to say, Joe, practically speaking, uh, I, I, I try to apply this and think about this for a young man that's in this position. Uh, but I know in my specific case, I, I'd met Rebecca um, while, while we were both attending church services together. And when I ended up thinking more and more about pursuing her, I actually knew somebody that had grown up with her and I was very close with him. His name is Sean Reich. Some of you might know him. Um, and he, he knew her very well. And I went and asked him very candid questions about her. Uh, and I don't, I, I look back on that. I don't believe that was me trying to gossip or find some type of bad information about her as much as it was. I just legitimately wanted to see someone who knew her that well uh, and tell me what he knew. Um, and so I would encourage anyone who's listening to this. It, it's not that you're trying to get all the dirt on them, uh, but it's that you're just inquiring more uh, from the people she's close to and that she knows. 
Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, when Beth and I were dating and considering marriage, uh, we were living in Madison, Indiana at the time. She was at Hanover College there. And uh, uh, I can just vividly remember uh, different older couples coming up to me and saying, you better hurry up and marry her for two reasons. One is she's going to figure out that, you know, you're not the Prince Charming. Uh, and also somebody else is going to come along uh, because she's a virtuous woman. You need to hurry up and marry her. Uh, Several people were were telling me that. I think those same people were kind of cautioning her to slow down, but uh, uh, there's two sides to the coin. uh, So, uh, you know, do do people appreciate uh, the kind of person that, that she is? And then as well in verse 30, is she more beautiful on the inside than the outside? Um, you know, the, the truth is, outside of plastic surgery or something like that, we can do very little about our physical appearances. That doesn't reflect on our character, on who we are, uh, you know, whatever it is about the, the outside of the, the person that means so little compared to what's on the inside. Uh, you know, they, we, we just really need to, to be looking at the, the person. You think through the scriptures, there's very little <laughs> emphasis on the way a person looks. Uh, sometimes there is, and you see it's a part of the story. Somebody like an Absalom. You know, he's a good-looking fella and so forth and describes some of his features or King Saul. Well, it's because it's a part of the story. It tells us why the people were uh, following them, why they were attracted to them. Usually those are negative things. Uh, Doesn't it say that Joseph was handsome? You know, one of my favorite passages. In- <laughs> I encourage everybody to go there. Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, although I have had people point out to me that the text there is in the past tense, not in the present. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to your point, there's a reason why that text and why that story brought that up. Exactly. Uh, because Pharaoh's wife was after him because of his appearance. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's, listen, for those of us that are handsome or beautiful, there's a curse that comes with that. And uh, <laughs> I know what that's like. And so, um, uh, but... But if you're looking for a woman, the temptation, because our society, advertising, billboards, you know, everything is about, you know, a model, uh, you know, with the the perfect figure, the perfect face, the perfect hair, and all of those things. And that's that's just not reality. Um, That's not going to make you happy. Um, It's fine if she is good looking. Nothing wrong with that. But what you really need to be looking for is, is this woman that is going to serve the Lord all of her days? Um, and I mean, just any, anybody who has maybe read through the Bible or just looked at some of the Old Testament stories, uh, reconsider Samson, reconsider King David in 2 Samuel 11. Look at these number of men who fell victim to sin because they were seriously, uh, only looking at the outward appearance and not the inward. Uh, it, on a side note, it's, it's dumbfounding to me that Samson's story is such a children's Bible story that it is because his downfall was huge. 
Um, and it all was because he was looking at the outward appearance. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good points. In both of those cases, um, you, you see the danger. Uh, if, if that's what you're struck by, then you need to, you need to step back and reevaluate. Yeah. One talks about, you know, what does the community say about her? And we kind of combine that together with verse 28 of the family appreciating her. But, you know, when she's at services, uh, you know, what do the, are, do little kids come to her? Uh, you know, does she have a, a relationship with the little children? Does she have a relationship with the, with the older widows? Um, uh, you know, what, what's her, what, what's her community uh, have to say about her? Uh, how do they feel about her? Verse 31 says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So those are just some of the things that, that I think will help a young man uh, to find a woman who is going to not make him happy, although she may very well do that, but will help him be the kind of person that he ought to be as they become one together. And so, you know, the, the, the title that I had, the earlier slide is, is the idea of being holy um, uh, with, your, with your spouse. And so that, that's what you need to be working toward. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a comment we just got. Uh, it says, showing fear and respect for God is definitely number one. And it seems like the Proverbs 31 woman has been married for a while. Most guys and girls are young getting married and will still have growing in the Lord slash maturing to do. If they both fear the Lord, then they will grow in those spiritual things rightly together. Uh, and I'm going to amen that. Joe, how old were you when you got married, when you and Beth? Uh, so 23, I guess. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I was 21. Rebecca was 24, 23 or 24. Um, and, you know, we're, we're obviously still very young. But um, I can definitely say that because we're both putting our trust in God, our, our first year of marriage has been wonderful. Um, and we've been able to grow together. So yeah, that, that's a very good observation. And then yeah. Drew DeGrado also asked a question. Uh, can you post, oh, sorry, that was me. Uh, would you advise that a woman have the same considerations when looking for a husband? Uh, and definitely so. Um, but go ahead, Joe. No, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think that a lot, a lot of this chart would look pretty similar. I think there are some things that the scriptures are going to emphasize a little bit differently. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there, there's not going to be much difference. And that's one of the great things about the Proverbs 31 connection with the book of Ruth. Uh, the, the searching for a virtuous woman like Ruth, you need to be a Boaz. You, yeah. you know, uh, uh, only a Boaz is going to find a Ruth. Yeah, that's right. You, yeah. You need to be a Boaz before you can get a Ruth. Amen. And, yeah. And so th- there's, there's a, some good study there in, in, re- in relationship to, uh, the character of Boaz, uh, you know, what kind of man, what kind of a worker and, and so forth was he? Let me just mention one more passage. We're almost out of time though, aren't we? Um, thinking about First Peter, the third chapter as well. Uh, you know, one of the things, again, we look at these passages and a lot of times we say, women, you need to be this. And, and that's right. But men you should be looking to see, uh, you know, a single man, you're looking for a spouse, ask, you know, uh, look, look for the answers to, uh, is her beauty not the outward adorning, the arranging of the hair, the wearing of gold, putting on a fine apparel, First Peter 3 and verse 3. 
uh, is is what really makes her attractive. Her makeup and her accessories um, and the way she's done her hair, or is that she has a gentle and a quiet spirit? Um, that's talked about in in verse four. That gentle and quiet spirit is what's precious in the sight of God. That's what you ought to be looking for. Now, with some of the movements that's been going on now for several years, uh, the idea is, no, a woman needs to be forceful. She needs to, you know, to, to be demanding, and, and she needs to exert herself. And, you know, that's just not the picture that you find of a, of a godly woman. Uh, she's not trying to be seen uh, except for in the sight of God. Amen. Well, we're about out of time here. Thank you so much, Chase. Appreciate your comments. Thanks, Drew. For, uh, Thank you, Joe. And we'll look forward to having Jeff back with us uh, either this next week or the week after, I believe it is. Uh, thanks for all the comments and, and questions. And uh, if you have any follow-ups, feel free to uh, to reach out to us in this regard. Thank you.